Hey everybody, welcome to Mike and Kristen. It's a podcast about... What do you want to say it's about? I think the podcast is about following dreams and taking risks. Maybe finding yourself on the unbeaten path of life. Just, I think it's ultimately about the path that you're on and how to navigate that. Or how that navigation has looked for you. Yeah, and... Everyone's story and experience, of course, is different, but I've noticed in now that we're interviewing others that there are some consistencies in how we see the world or some of the social expectations that we're hitting on. So it's been great to hear others or maybe even have that validation sometimes. Yeah, and bringing in the guest to speak with has been just really rewarding just to to dive into those stories and see where the parallels with their lives and paths intersect with ours and it's just how how we're we're all connected in in so many different ways and and yeah when you when you find those little connections with people it just really brings you closer well we certainly feel connected to these two gals that we had on the show today they're just the best aaron and (laughs) steph are well we were Let's just tell the truth here. The day that uh, we had Aaron and Steph in the studio, we got a, we drank a little bit too much wine to record the intro. So we're doing it a few days later, <laughs> yeah. which allows me to tell the story of when the girls left, you said something to the effect of, I don't really know how to explain how I feel about them. Maybe how you would if you had sisters and I just wanted to ball and I told them this after and they too (sighs) pretty sure balled so that's yeah there's a lot of love with with these women yeah we we had a just a a really good chat they're both photographers they're both lovely people and we we dove into a lot of stuff and we'll we won't we won't give away uh the stories of how we met and all that We'll, we'll wait for for the actual conversation for that to come but uh they're they're both amazing do great stuff they're really captures the the captures the moment i think in their work i guess photographers i think they're both creatives to the core so their talent extends beyond just photography although that's what they're known for we really dug in this chat just about being a creative person and how that extends just endlessly really for them. And something we didn't mention on the podcast that I'll say now is that the cover art for our podcast with the Mike and Kristen, like the pink background is a photograph from a photo session that Aaron orchestrated. I think Steph may have taken that particular photo, but there are an entire series of of photographs from that day. Uh, That particular session, Aaron called Let Them Eat Cake, which was meant to represent the after party of a a wedding shoot, which she does a lot of. Not quite like that, but (laughs) But, uh, so much fun. Being around them is a lot of fun. And uh, I think it, it shows in this chat with them. Yeah, it was a special one. We think you'll like it. So get your popcorn ready, buds. And, and maybe your Kleenex. There's your some Kleenex. tears. Yeah. Yeah. And let's uh, let's dive in and uh, let's just do it. Great.
There's so much to look at right here, too. A like, lot of things in here. Sure. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> so much beauty, the two right? of it's you. Just, it's just radiating hello. back here. <laughs> so, ladies. <laughs> Gentlemen. Aaron and Steph. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to our, our studio, to our podcast. And l- let's just get right into it. Uh, and I want to ask uh, off the bat, Aaron, how did you guys get to know each other? How, how did you come into each other's lives? Steph slid into my Instagram DMs. Oh. Ooh, you'll slide in. <laughs> Not many people have slid into my DMs, but I'm happy about this love. That's awesome. This was an instant love. Yeah. Um, she, her, and her now husband, Sean, were engaged to be married, and she slid into my DMs on Instagram. And basically, I mean, I don't think I'm joking when I say, like, you kind of begged me. <laughs> 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 and it was only it was only because you reached out um wanting me to shoot your wedding yeah. and I already had weddings booked like a few like back to back prior to yours and I was like okay well you really have to know like I want to do this there was something about you instantly Steph that I just you radiated through and through through the through the text but so I was called and pulled towards you but I just really felt like I needed to be honest with you and say look I'm going to be really busy and I I'm I'm always worried that I can't give like my full self, right? So I just wanted to be really straightforward with you. Like, I don't know if it's such a good idea. And you were like, nope, I'm going to make it work. It's fine. What time works for you? We'll we'll work the day around it. I just really <laughs> feel like I need to have you there. And then, um, and so, yeah. So I was like, okay, all right. This person seems to really want me. And that's such a beautiful feeling to actually yeah. feel like someone isn't just wanting to hire you because you're, you know, a photographer on Instagram, but she like actually wanted to work with Aaron. Like she wanted yeah. to work with me. So I was like, all right, I have a feeling that I just really need to make this work. And um, yeah. And then we got together in person on your balcony for the first time. You yes. invited me over to come sit outside on your deck. And I think the minute we locked eyes, it was like, oh, hi. There you are. This sounds like a real love story it in the is. making. I so I, for our listeners, this yeah. is not a, a couple. No, in a it's romantic not. way. It's just but, um, kind of. but we're soul it was sisters. Just like a soul sister yeah. kind of situation. Yeah, definitely. Instantly. Instantly. So sweet. So Steph, what was it about Aaron that you thought I have to have this person photograph my wedding? Yeah. So I had kind of delved my foot into photography a bit and doing a bit of wedding photography. And so when I saw Aaron's photography on Instagram I just I just knew I needed to meet her and I needed her to be um, our photographer for our wedding because pictures to me are everything photos are everything so for me I didn't care about anything else for the wedding just the photographer was the only thing that was important to me so mm-hmm. and Sean knew that so I said, and a just, little bit the groom and oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. he was also very important <laughs> kind of key to the whole thing yeah yeah but I just knew Aaron's work just resonated with me you can tell um when somebody you can just tell with with somebody's work when when they fully feel and Aaron is like the epitome of somebody who feels um everything she does and puts her whole heart into everything and that's the kind of person you want on what should be the most special day of your life so yeah I was really definitely insistent about her being our photographer even though she had three other weddings that that weekend so I'm glad that she (laughs) well which because of COVID I didn't have to worry about any of those other weddings and I was (laughs) fresh as a daisy for you yes Yes, that did happen. I forgot yeah. about the COVID. And the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all those weddings got postponed anyway, and yeah. I got to be uh, 
we'll be present at your yeah, wedding. That's true because we actually had a whole wedding planned and then with COVID and my husband got stuck in Egypt, my fiance at the time got stuck in Egypt and then we planned an out of isolation wedding in two weeks. We just planned to do like a little wedding in Sean's parents' backyard in Herring Cove and it just all came together really easily. It was really fun to do in isolation um, which I think you guys had experience with doing an isolation as well. For So to plan a wedding gave us like, it was exciting. It was fun to put together. <laughs> so so you have this magical day yeah. that is photographed beautifully <laughs> by Aaron. And then this, this relationship, uh, mentorship essentially yes. arises. So, so we, we know you both, both as photographers mm. and... <laughs> we we've come to know know you because you you set up some amazing photo shoots with us that we just adore. <laughs> but how how did this mentorship guide you, Steph? Like how did how did uh, what did you learn from Aaron, and how how did this go happen? Yeah, so essentially meeting Aaron uh, and then having her photograph our wedding, I just knew that I wanted to keep being friends with her and keep. Uh, being in her life. It was just a really, I don't know if you guys have ever had that experience before. Just, it honestly felt, yeah, Yeah. I was just going to say with you guys. Actually though. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you just meet people like you guys for sure. And you just instantly know you're going to be connected. And that's what happened after the wedding. I just, I was in a really weird position of just finishing my maternity leave with my daughter, Molly, and making this decision of, do I go back and continue being a school teacher? I was a school teacher. Or do I follow a dream of being a photographer? Yeah. And and if I want to follow that dream, how do I get to where I want to be? And Aaron's face just was in my mind of like, if I'm going to learn from somebody, I want to learn from this this beautiful woman. And I just took a leap of faith in asking her if I could work with her, if she yeah. would mind mentoring me. And keep in mind, we'd only hung out. We went to yoga once and we went to Battery Park in Dartmouth once and then I just and that was it was yeah it? <laughs> sent her this long email of like again essentially I sound like such a beggar but I was no. <laughs> I was begging her to take me on because I figured um if I really wanted to learn this art of photography I wanted to to learn from her and somebody who um it just was so authentic and so genuine and that was important to me and so Luckily, she agreed. And Guys, we... I'm going to cry during this <laughs> podcast. Same. I'm, I'm full of goosebumps. And we, we've we had the benefit of watching not only your work that, of course, we'll talk about today, but your friendship and relationship. And, of course, you are so talented as individuals. We know you as a team just in how we met and you reaching out to us and sharing your gifts with us and and had that same immediate connection, I would say. And Definitely. Mike and I just adore you both. And I have to say the first photo shoot that we did with you in our, Mike and I, in our individual studios, mm. getting those photos back, I, I feel like it was the first time I truly understood or appreciated the art of photography. And I say that because I... I saw myself in a way that I hadn't even thought about. Like looking in a mirror, I didn't see myself in the way that each of you were able to capture in a photograph. It was just so striking and I felt like I learned something about myself and and how humble you were in that relationship it will forever stand out for me. So 
hearing you describe how you met, it's I, I didn't know that you sort of blindly reached out in this way and Aaron so graciously accepting. But you have both been so just patient and supportive and, and humble in that relationship. Like, Steph, you're always willing to learn. You're always willing to, you know, follow the instructions or, or take the lead. And Aaron, you've always been so gracious. And this is just us as the subjects having mm. these observations. So, Aaron, how do you play that leadership role to, <laughs> like, is it just a matter of passing on these hard skills or does it really require that friendship and connection to offer those teachings? <clears throat> well, I mean, I giggle when you say lead. I never felt like a leader. I didn't even think I had anything to teach. Mm. Um, meeting Steph and I'm going, look, stop looking at me that way. Steph. <laughs> <laughs> I will look at Mike. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Look at me. I love your face. No, um, Steph asking me to mentor her, like, and I've told you this, Steph, like it like radically changed my life. And my belief in myself and the way I saw myself, um, it, imposter syndrome is such a real thing. And I mean, I still we I still deal with it from time to time, of course. But um, sh I felt for the first time like this person I didn't know. She wasn't family. She wasn't a pre-existing friend. She was just somebody who just truly saw my work and saw me, and her belief in me was where I guess the leadership came from. Um, her belief in me gave me courage um, to take you to, to take on the task that I thought, well, I have nothing to teach. I feel like I have so much to learn. Um, I feel like I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. And it was through mentoring you stuff and teaching you that I realized, Oh my God, I actually have a lot to offer. I have a lot that I know. I know more than I even realized I did. Um, and it was, yeah, it, mentoring you was like a, like a pivotal moment in my life. That's for sure. That's wild because it was ex the exact <laughs> same thing for, for me, like so, so pivotal. So it's amazing how. It felt, po it felt powerful. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it yeah. did feel powerful. And I mean, I think that's one thing I would, if somebody asked me if they were thinking about like some kind of creative endeavor that they've always wanted to to try I think that whole idea of a mentorship is a really beautiful thing and I would not be where I am today without without Aaron because I think it was such a mutually we, we just both like learned so much from each other and the biggest thing is I just I didn't know I was an artist I didn't mm. I, I think my whole life I was uh, trying different shoes on let's say and nothing really quite fit but photography really does fit but I've also learned that I'm just a creative person mm. and lots of other things can fit too um but yeah I don't know I, I think I would that's one thing I would say to people is don't be afraid to reach out to somebody if you yeah. love their their work and their their art and their yeah the the idea of of, of having a mentor or just mentorship in general mm -hmm. kind of feels like something that maybe was happened more in the past and right. like mm. we're we're connected with people on social media in this way now where you have whatever 5000 friends and you know for them in real <laughs> life but uh, just i think people might be a little afraid to 
to reach out and say, hey, I love what you're doing and I would love to learn from you. And some people might even be uh, weirded out by that, you know, like. Uh, yeah. So this is an amazing example of the good that can come from both the the person asking and the person teaching. And For sure. like, I see both of your faces now and like there's this beautiful love and chemistry between the two of you and it's it's amazing to see and that came from basically a a cold call right definitely and it was the same with when Aaron and I did get together she said well Steph like who do you want it was the middle of winter right so um she was like who do you want to photograph and I said well maybe I'm just gonna contact people that I really love and admire and see what happens she was like okay and that's where you guys came in I had just been following you and loved your yeah. loved your story, loved that you're both artists and married and just, again, it was like a cold call, just yeah. reached out to Kristen and yeah, we just did that with, with lots of different people. You can see why I'm so inspired by Steph because <laughs> yeah. you literally, you there is no hesitation in you. You're such a loving, warm person who just feels like everyone is an equal and you're never afraid to reach out. You reaching out to Kristen and Mike, I was like, oh, my God, are you sure? And, like, we got here, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're so cool, a musician and a painter. Like, who am I? And you're like, hi, I'm Steph. Nice to meet you. So, like, I the, that is a huge thing. I've told you that many, many times. That is a huge thing that I've gotten from this relationship with you, just the belief and don't be afraid and go after what you want and that more often than not, people are just as excited that yeah. you're reaching because they want to work with you too. Yeah, exactly. Like we wouldn't be sitting here today yeah. if it weren't for you. Yeah, and who oh, doesn't no, want to get that, that no, message? But if it weren't for you, like we were thrilled to get that message from you. Like, <laughs> oh, these this cool photographer wants to come over. Like, sure, <laughs> we would love that. And yeah, it's I, I like that you talked about early on <clears throat> that it was about you. So yes, your work is a reflection of you, but. That's very much our experience with both of you as well, in that everyone nowadays, for better or for worse, has a camera of sorts mm -hmm, just right. by virtue of carrying a cell phone around. And we can talk about how that might have impacted your work. But I think that might make it all the more critical that you are you and that your clients are getting what they're what they need from that creative experience. In our case, we've had a few shoots with you and it's far beyond the end result of imagery. It, it was a complete full day experience mm -hmm. that I will never forget. And it's part of that interaction that I imagine makes the end result what it is. So I don't know how both of you feel about like what the day itself feels like or looks like and how important that is to your product. So if you could speak a little bit to about that. Yeah. Well, I feel like, the idea when we when we first came to your guys's house here and wanted to photograph you individually in your studios was to really get like your full essence and really because how beautiful a thing that you're both creating in this awesome home and then we came to find out that this house used to belong to another artist yeah, right yeah. so there's just like this beauty in this home mm -hmm. and then it was just through conversation when we were shooting right that we found out that you actually didn't have 
wedding photos on your wedding day. Well, mm. we, we hired a, well, we asked a drug dealer right. in the water. <laughs> right. Jamaican drug dealer who's ankle deep in water. I remember Aaron's face just being appalled. <laughs> what? <laughs> if only because I just, you were such beautiful, amazing people. I was like, this, I cannot stand for this. You've only got the one photo and then what? The one in the backyard story. with the broom or something? Wasn't uh, there? I have a shovel. Oh, a shovel. <laughs> we, 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 we had a pinata set up and <laughs> so i i was blindfolded and uh, the pinata the rope went up and over a tree branch and my dad was holding the rope and there's whatever a hundred people here and every every swing i took at it with the shovel he'd pull the rope so it would go up and i would miss it it's and, the happiest uh, i've ever seen yeah. Dougie my dad my dad's usually a pretty cranky guy and right. he was just beaming like and I was swinging hard. I'm like, how am I not hitting this? And then eventually I took like the hardest swing I ever took at, at anything in my life. And I fell and I landed on my wrist. I oh, sprained no. my wrist. No. And I, I was like injured for like two months after that. But mm-hmm. we drank a lot afterwards. Very traditional and... wedding. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a good shot of you actually hitting the... <laughs> The I think I don't think anyone was capable of taking a picture <laughs> okay, okay. because they were so mesmerized with my dad being happy because it's oh, something right. that is never seen. So <laughs> it was a sight to behold. Yeah, it was just like taken in the moment, you know. Like yes. you see the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen, and you're like, I'm not taking a picture. I'm just, I'm just gonna be mm. in it. Which there's something to be said about that because you just painted such an amazing picture of your dad. Basically having the happiest moment of his <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with me yeah. getting angry was yeah. what he found joy in. <laughs> so yeah, that that Aaron just couldn't believe yeah, that couldn't you guys didn't that. have actual uh, wedding photos. And, so and now we have the best wedding photos I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Like. Yeah, best photos I've ever seen in my life. Jeez, we we look good in these, Kristen. Yeah, Yeah, you're hot. Yes. We absolutely love them. News alert. (laughs) What I was extra impressed about on that day, too, was I don't know if this was an unfolding of a vision or like if you started in some place and then it evolved or if you had the complete picture conceptualized. I know when you got here, it came together just seamlessly and there were a lot of people involved (laughs) i'm curious yeah like the creative where did the brainchild start and end for that shoot well we did the shoot in kind of like three parts right Mm. yeah um uh, the brainchild i don't know i think i uh well i think the first inspiration was i think a, a picture that i'd seen pop up um, as I'm scrolling online, a, a scene from Atonement, which is a movie with Keira Knightley and yeah, James McAvoy that I loved when I was growing up. And anyway, it's a scene um, where they're in the back garden and she's just holding like a vase with these loose flowers and the way the sun's coming in and something about that just, I don't know, it just spoke to me. I see you both in like, in, in, in kind of like a two-sided way. I see mm. the elegance and the beauty, like take my breath away when I met you kind of people. But then you're also wow. like just so smashing pinatas. Badass, smashing pinatas, <laughs> rock, have a good drink, you know, have a smoke type people. Yeah. Um so I when we when I was kind of kind of conceptualizing the shoot, we'll say I just knew that it couldn't just be one setup. 
that I'd, we'd be selling our shelves short if we just did the one setup. And it couldn't be an average wedding. And I didn't You want... two are not average folks. Well, this I suppose, thank be... you for bringing that up. I knew yeah. I, That, I guess, would be the basis of the concept of the whole thing. I knew going into the shoot that I wanted it to feel like an elevated, like the dial is turned up on traditional um, wedding photos. Mm. One, because that's... You guys just make me feel that way. You inspire me to be free and be creative. And I feel so safe when I'm working with you. Um, you just, yeah. That's true. It's That's such, such a, a high compliment, by oh, the way. Well, what, a, mm-hmm. what a kind thing it's to say. such a, you as an artist yourselves, mm-hmm. I'm sure you, what, a, what an absolute treat to just feel completely safe to be myself and, and ask for whatever I wanted and just knew that there was completely free of judgment and let's just like truly create and see what comes of that. But I knew that I wanted, I had always, I'd been thinking in my mind for quite some time that I wanted to show people, um, certainly in the Nova Scotia wedding scene, particularly, um, that wedding photos don't have to be those stereotypical ones you always see like i i want to inspire people to infuse themselves mm-hmm. into 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 their into their day into their work into their images so yeah i wanted it to feel like we just turned the dial a little up like let's suspend reality just a little bit you know like no we're not setting so for the first setup we did like a whole um english garden kind of um tea picnic thing in your backyard that was the one that was inspired by atonement. Um, just like with wildflowers everywhere. But, you know, we set up like a whole charcuterie and there's like a gramophone with flowers hanging out of it. That's not realistic, but <laughs> it looks really cool. So it's just that kind of dialed, yeah, turn the dial up. Um, and then, you know, we wanted to make sure that we went to the beach, that Bonnie's Beach is something that's very important to the mm-hmm. two of you. Yeah. So yes. that that just felt right. Um and then for the final setup, that was the one that hands down I had been wanting to do for a really long time. And I just needed the right people to make it feel like who weren't going to overthink it or question who were just going to be like, yeah, you want me to lick his face? OK, I'll lick his face. <laughs> just say the word. Exactly. You want me to bury my face in this gorgeous cake? And for those who <laughs> haven't seen too. it, yeah, the last shoot, I wanted it to uh, we did it in at nighttime when the sun went down. We did it outside in the uh, driveway here. We sat in what is it? Your Was it your car? We sat in front yeah. of your car. You made my Kia look so yeah, awesome. We made an advertisement for Kia. <laughs> <laughs> I, did. I wanted it to feel like it was um after the reception you know the like you party. the after party yeah. and you and your love just like grab the cake and like a bottle of whiskey and and sneak you know, away and have and that you moment. sneak away and have yeah. that moment and instead of a traditional cake cutting let's smash the cake and smear it all over each other and <laughs> have a good time one thing with with both photo shoots we did um the first one was you essentially capturing us in our element. Mm-hmm. And I remember you came into the the studio, Steph, and I'm like, well, do you want me to tidy up? Do you want me to make it look clean? And you're like, no, it's, it's perfect the way no. it is. Yeah. <laughs> and Kristen talked earlier about how when we got those photos back, we could just see the artistry in them. And I, I felt the exact same. And... Because I've taken pictures in this studio and or Kristen in her studio, and I have the same the same things to work with, but my pictures don't look like that. <laughs> and there's just 
a vision you had and both these photo shoots was very different that when you were here you just left things exactly as they were yep. and took pictures and then on the the wedding shoot it was completely calculated mm. and a stage you're set, setting mm-hmm. the scene with a stage mm-hmm. and at the end result is in my eyes perfect both times mm. so I guess ultimately it comes down to you you and your eye and your your skill with the camera and finding the moments but how do you how do you ultimately capture the moments and whatever whatever style of photo shoot you're going in like you you have to come up with good photos and whether it's a cluttered background like you had in my studio and in Kristen's studio mm-hmm. or the the stage sets like how how do you about making sure that comes out exactly how you want it yeah i think uh, both aaron and i really thrive in just capturing raw candid photos Mm -hmm. like i just want to photograph somebody talking about what they love i remember when we were sitting in here mike um when i was photographing you and you were talking about music and what music meant to you and songwriting and how you go about writing a song and i was just shooting as you were the yummy, as Erin always says, that's her mm. word, yummy. Mm. <laughs> the yummy moments, the really delicious moments come from those candid photos, from not worrying about if you're looking at the camera yeah. or, and I think sometimes in this day and age, we forget about, we want everything to be picture perfect on Instagram or in social yeah. media when really just getting those those candid moments. When I think of the photos I love the most that my mom took on her film camera when we were kids or that my grandmother took, it's those beautiful, those candid moments. And I think that's the thing that even parents listening or people listening who aren't per se photographers, to yeah. to not worry about if the kids are looking in the camera and to not worry about, um, you know, just just get those candid moments, get yeah. those raw moments, because that's real life. That's That's the beauty. That's what I love about photography. It's yeah. just, and so I think even... In the two different sessions, and Aaron had had the the session, the wedding session planned out for you guys. You guys were still there was still so much time to play and room to play and be yourselves mm. and and capture you in that. Yeah. If that makes sense, Does yeah, that make for sense? sure. Well, touching on that, um, I always say that I think the majority of this job is actually not at all in the photo in the, in the camera or the gear or the setup or how fancy it is or how messy it is. The, the biggest part of the job is making people feel safe mm. around you. So it's an energy thing for me. Definitely. Um, I talk about that a lot, but I believe in it. Uh, but basically in what I mean by that is just, yeah, fostering an environment where everybody feels like calm and relaxed. And if that means that we hang out for a few hours or before we take pictures or if I take a bunch of pictures at the beginning that I know I'm not going to use, but they're really just like I'm shooting to make sure that you feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're we're doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to use any of these. But that builds your yeah. that build. And I'm not talking about you specifically. I just mean in general. You just want to yeah. build someone's confidence so that they feel like freaking Beyonce yes. while we're taking those pictures. Yeah, um, yeah like Mike trying to tie his tie for oh, an hour and a half. No, <laughs> I still have little videos that I took of you trying to tie your tie, and they just warm my heart. Every 
every time, <laughs> you sweet thing. Well, uh, it wasn't an hour and a half. I'm there just aren't kidding. a lot of ties worn around here. Yeah. I have to say, it was really, it was really cute. He was on YouTube trying to, but you got it. You tied those ties. They're beautiful in the end. <laughs> yeah. It's all that matters, right? The end result. But when you make someone feel comfortable around you, that's. I think and I hope that that's why you saw yourself in a different way, because mm. my hope was when we were in the room, Kristen, I've been taking pictures of you while you were creating your painting. My only goal was just to make you feel like we were friends and forget that I'm there taking pictures. Yes. Good point. Because it's those I always say it's those in between moments. Mm. I never want people to hold still or be stagnant or pose or anything for the most part. Anyway, when I'm taking your picture, I think of it as I am coming to a play and I am watching mm. the actors act and I'm just going to capture the play as it goes along because that's life. Yes. And I just want to capture life because it's, it's those family photos that my mom and dad took on the little, you know, dinky film point and shoot camera that made me fall in love with photography yeah. in the first point. It wasn't anything to do with any like Annie Leibowitz or any big photographers inspiring yeah. me. Right. It was how as a kid looking through those family photo albums made me feel. Um, and even looking through family photo albums and looking at people who I unfortunately never got the chance to meet in my life and being so grateful that these images gave me like a portal into maybe understanding these family members that are related to me, but I, I'd never actually got to make a physical connection with. So right. that's my love of photography. Yeah, it's, it's such a, a beautiful recollection of yeah, capturing those memories and the connection to them and they tell stories. Mm. It's it's vulnerable being on the other side of the camera, though, right. I have to say. And I'm sure you see that all the time. Like as soon as the camera's on, your subject changes exactly. or clams up or which is the opposite of what you're going for. Right. And imagine that's why you you spend that time mm. just to get them comfortable or take the practice shots. And mm -hmm. how do you do you have any tips that you might share for folks that because I think we all want photos that look like yours or look real at the very least mm -hmm. how do you get somebody just to be at ease or I mean you, you've talked about taking the practice shots is there a piece of advice that you might give to a budding photographer to help with that aspect of things today's podcast episode is brought to you by Bello Day Spa owned and operated by Carrie Faulkner Carrie is a master esthetician with clinical training and years of experience in helping her clients feel their best. Bellow's uniqueness shines in the one-on-one -on -one client services and Carrie's sweet personality will make you feel immediately at ease. Bellow Day Spa occupies a space in the True Salon Suites on the Bedford Highway, offering all services from brow waxes, dermaplaning, facials, peels, and everything in between. Carrie will make sure your visit is the most relaxing and pampering experience you can share, even for a brow wax. Contact her today at bellow.day.spa on Instagram. I was just going to say, when I was mentoring with Erin, one of the first things she said to me was, Steph, get, get your people to breathe. Mm. And it's really interesting because, yeah, um, I'm a yoga teacher and Erin is uh, a big time yogi, as I know you are as well, Krista. And you do some yoga too sometimes. I do but... one video. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. By uh, Boho Beautiful. I don't know if you call it. Yeah, I've heard of. I've heard of, yeah. Um, I've never heard of that. But it's, I found one video that's perfect. And okay. Just, He's exceptional at that video. <laughs> oh, but that's a beautiful thing too, though. But we, we don't have to go down the yoga road. But I think it's beautiful to do the same practice yeah. every day. 
you I, really start to see the changes in your body and how you, oh, wait, I couldn't do that quite as yeah. much, yeah. you know, five weeks ago. It's, so. it's That's cool. Every It works out every part. Of, not works out, stretches mm. and yeah. relaxes every part mm. of me that I want. Yes. For that to happen. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. I've, I have a few. We'll put the Kawartha Lakes it. video in the show notes <laughs> oh, yeah. so everyone can try yeah, it. Yeah. It's 20, <laughs> 21 minutes or whatever. Yeah. That's so awesome. Right, but you keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So breathing. Yeah. yeah but breathing. Makes sense. Yeah. Getting um, that just resonated so much with me. Like the that's something we do every single day. You know, I don't know how many breaths a person takes a day, but it's mm-hmm. it's a lot. But uh, it's, we just do it instinctively. But to actually just take a few moments to breathe in. Mm-hmm. and breathe out and you can actually see your your clients your people relax with that and then the other times it's sometimes I, i'm just telling people just to like shake it out just like to oh, or just yeah. just to play like if you're doing a family session i know aaron feels the same way it's like you just want everyone just to just to play and be messy and yeah, oh, yeah. that's yeah yeah, so I guess yeah, those are those are great tips. Like what just those thinking? quick hitter, simple things that a, a new photographer might be able to make use of. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you tell your 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 uh, couples or your your subject to breathe, make sure you breathe with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that I see. This is you help me understand myself <laughs> better, Steph. Because Kristen asked this question, I go, oh god, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, I do do that. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, shaking shaking out limbs is like a huge one. Hands are the biggest giveaway that somebody mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. Hands and a yeah, jaw. Yeah, put my hands. So jaws, uh, usually I ask people to part their lips ever so slightly because I just want you to relax that mouth because your mouth and your hands give everything away. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I have on almost every single shoot, and I'm realizing I don't think I had it on either of your shoots, but there's a testament to how comfortable I am with you guys. I always play music. Yeah. Mm, right. I always, always play music. I have a little clip-on Bluetooth speaker that I clip on to my camera harness, and it's as much for me as it is for the people I'm photographing. So but almost every single time, people well, call we, out. At yeah. our, we, I made a wedding playlist. Yes, that's it. I was just gonna <clears> say. And I had like uh, all these special songs mm. to to myself and Kristen, and just songs we like. And was Rod Stewart on that? I don't think. Oh, was. you heard the, the <laughs> podcast? No, that is that. The, the only time we listen to that is when something special it's happens. It's a very okay. specific moment when Rod is played <laughs> in this house. If you want my body, you, you think, think I'm sexy. sexy. <laughs> there we go. We knew we'd harmonize eventually. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. We, so, yeah, we had the wedding playlist, but then on the outdoor shoot, you brought out your little Bluetooth speaker. Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay, there we go. But you had, you had like a party mix going. It was like this chill EDM stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah I'm a house music person that's so that's not surprising yeah. yeah i remember just like oh that's cool I'm, <laughs> I'm not cool enough to know who wrote that song but, uh, <laughs> i like it you don't need to know who wrote it do yeah. you like it that's all that matters yeah. yeah music is a very good point oh it just it makes everybody feel more comfortable right silence is the most awkward yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I always, always play music. And then you could either you can vibe out to that if you want, or just it's just yeah, silence filler. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. Do you do you uh look at who you're working with and guess what kind of music's gonna work for them, or do you just have your go to I used to worry about that and then I decided I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> because <a> <laughs> you it's about like it, it's also about me getting into my zone as well, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and if I'm doing my job properly, they don't need music to feel comfortable. I should be making them feel comfortable yeah. just like myself. So, yeah. um, I mean, I'm, I'm cognizant of what a little bit of what I put on the playlist, yeah. but. There yeah. aren't a lot of art forms where people are interacting the way they are with photography. Right. So, you know, when I'm painting, I'm by myself. And mm. even when Mike's performing, yes, it's to an audience, but you're not asking anything of them other than yeah. to sit quietly. Sing along. So, <laughs> yes. You know, or dance. Very challenging sing Rowdily a word. Crowd surf? Hold you up? No? I like that word. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of sets it apart in a... In a more challenging way. It's, it's Yeah, that's a whole nother aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely feel like you're really juggling a lot sometimes. It's the beauty of the medium. Mm-hmm. And it's also personally for me being um, as emotionally invested in my work as I am. It's also kind of the uh, one of the pitfalls in a way mm-hmm. because I care too much sometimes i've been told by loved ones in my life like you Mm. you you should not this is not that big you shouldn't be caring as much this shouldn't be causing you as much anxiety just it's fine like they're gonna love them you're talented um but i just every single person that walks in front of my lens to me is like the biggest honor yeah um and it's never lost on me and and that gets in my head you treat your photography your your art as the most important thing to mm-hmm. you right mm-hmm. so it's almost impossible not to be that attached to it and That's true. but this is where the pitfall in lies is like sometimes i'm so jealous of people whose creative outlet is something that is just for like you paint a painting Kristen, and it is free it is just for you you've gone in you're painting it for you and then if somebody loves it and they want to buy it how beautiful that they can then have it. I mean, commission work probably feels maybe similar to what I'm touching on, mm-hmm. which is like my, our works that Steph and I do is like, it's not just for me, it's somebody else's memories yeah. and I'm doing it. I need, to, I need to make them happy at the end of the day, which thankfully is always, it's always worked out. Everyone's always happy, but that doesn't stop me from over agonizing about about the whole thing yeah that makes sense oh sorry well i was just gonna ask if we talk a lot on this podcast about following dreams Mm. um in my case making a big change in order to do that steph you talked earlier about being a school teacher yeah was the decision to leave that and pursue photography rolled into this idea of following a dream definitely yeah yeah i i went into uh teaching because I loved kids. So at that time, 10, 15 years ago, I was like, oh, you love kids? Be be a teacher. And I come from a family of teachers. My parents were teachers. My grandmother was. And I have so much respect for teachers. But I was just not meant to be a teacher. My whole yeah. 10 years as a teacher, I felt, I never felt fully myself in the classroom. I never felt, I loved being with the kids, but I just couldn't handle the pressure of a principal asking you to do this mm-hmm. and the emails and the, I just, I always felt like a fish out of water when mm-hmm. I was teaching. And it was, it was, um, and, and Sean, my husband really saw that we lived in Yellowknife and I thought to myself, if I can't teach in Yellowknife, I can't teach anywhere. And what I mean by that is Yellowknife is the most beautiful place. You want to talk about the arts. I hope you guys go there someday up North because the artistic people, it's incredible. And it's honestly like a community of misfits. Like everyone just, 
goes mm. there and ends up finding themselves there. And and you have a lot of freedom to do whatever you want there. And as a teacher, you have a lot of freedom. Um, but I just still felt this this angst, like it just wasn't quite for me. So after having Molly, I just thought like, I just found myself so much in motherhood and I was got a taste of that. And I was like, I can't go back. I'm not going to be the mother that I want to mm. be in a career that just, that I just, that doesn't suit me. And so the decision was hard, but at the same time it was easy because I just, I just felt like I, I owed it to myself to really delve into this artistic side of myself. I had done theater in university, but got kicked out of theater. I don't know. I don't know who gets kicked out of theater. We're telling the truth here today. There's a truth bomb. Um, yeah, that's a whole other story. But um, and so that felt like, oh gosh, okay, I guess I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be an actress. And had tried different things on um, photography. I'd always kind of um, just dabbled in a bit, and it just felt the most authentic to me. And and now, uh, presently, I'm just discovering other creative outlets that I that I'm really uh, really loving. With being a yoga teacher, I'm discovering that I can be really creative in that, and. So I don't even really know if I identify as a photographer or more so I'm just coming to terms with just identifying as being a creative person yeah. and mm-hmm. just being an artistic person and and really owning that and realizing that it can take lots of different directions. And and I guess I'm just happy that I did take that leap because the the freedom I feel and I just feel fully Steph right now, mm-hmm. which is just, it makes me emotional to like, um, because I have this little girl that um, that I know that I'm being completely myself and I want her to do whatever she wants to do in life. And I hope that, I know I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, that's inevitable, but I, I know at least that I'm like living true my truth. Self. Yeah, yeah, if that makes That makes perfect sense. And what better motivation? It, it, it's so true that I'm not a mother, but can completely understand the words that you're saying about, okay, this is going ultimately a reflection of myself, a mirror of myself. And what do I want to teach and instill and inspire in this little person? So I I can't think of a, a better reason. And it's so comforting too, to hear you talk about exploring new creative paths because we're not limited to one identity Mm -hmm. or one craft. And I think, I I don't know about you, but Mike and I have often talked about at a young age, whether or not you know exactly the career path you'll take, you you kind of know there's something about you maybe that's a little bit different Mm -hmm. or a little niggling of what we now know is creativity. Mm -hmm. Then it felt more just like, I don't fit in here. So Aaron, I wanted to ask you how your path started with this, if it was something you knew all along from just what we just said about okay I'm a creative person or was it I want to be a photographer and that was the lifelong dream or how did that evolution happen none for you of, none of that yeah I was always completely lost as to what I wanted to do I now I think back on it I think in junior high or when you're filling out those like career surveys or whatever that they send you from the office I think I I had it in my mind I wanted to be a makeup artist at that mm-hmm. point because I really enjoyed makeup and Mac was big and YouTube was just getting started so I was like oh yeah I think that's where I wanted to go but then of course you know life goes on and um it's funny in my in my family my mom and my dad never went to never went to university um my mom didn't even finish school um so I grew up in a house where 
it was always just kind of ex- not pressured or anything, but it was expected that like I was we were going to be the change and that, you know, myself and my sister were going to go on. We we're going to go to university and we were going to get proper jobs and we were going to do what our parents wish that they could have done, but they couldn't because they sacrificed, you know, to, to raise us. Um, so I did that. I I graduated high school. I went off to Mount Allison University and was going to be a French immersion teacher. Um, I say that because like I can't conjugate a verb to save my life and I did French from grade primary all the way through. So that's just a laugh that I thought I could teach other people French. But anyway, um, but at university, all of my closest friends and the people I gravitated towards and the only people I really felt kindred with were the people in the fine arts program. And I would just hang out with them all the time. And I felt so lucky to get to go to the studio with them. And I just thought, honestly, I just really thought they were the coolest people and how brave they were to go to school and spend all of this money that we're spending. And they were going to, they're spending all this money so that they can paint. And, mm. and I just, yeah, always just such admiration for anybody who knew that they were creative and knew they were an artist. And I've taken pictures my whole life. I've, like I said, I've been enamored with looking through the photo albums, but I mean, I've taken pictures for as long as I can remember. I rem- long before Instagram was a thing, I re- was taking, you know, the self-timer shots of myself. I'd ta- I'd go off into the woods somewhere and said with my re- remote trigger and and just needed to take pictures, needed to create. And I didn't have, I wasn't sharing them with anybody. How beautiful. I was just doing it to create. Mm. But my friends see this all along as I'm growing up. And I, you know, I waffled back and forth and I did all of the retail jobs you can think of. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the path I thought that I was headed down was just like, okay, so retail is where I'm going to find myself. And I'm just going to try and work myself up the ladder in the retail world and like manage a clothing store. That for some reason was like the what coveted. I thought was going to happen for me. <laughs> well, your parents um, own a store. Well, and that's the funny thing is my parents own a store here in Halifax, ironically, where everything in the store is made locally. Not a single thing is from anywhere farther than New Brunswick or Newfoundland. It's just all supports local creators. So it's funny. I grew up in an environment that was certainly very celebratory of people being independent artists and and making their living off of their their craft and what they made. Um, but for whatever reason, it was just like mom and dad were very much like, you're going to go to school because they love me. And they thought that that was what was best for me. Mm-hmm. I knew all along that that wasn't good for me. I did a year at university. Um, that summer came back and was like, guys, I just really know this isn't for me. I don't want to go back to school. This feel, feels really wrong. Oh, no, you're just happy to be home for the summer. You should go back. And I went back for two months and then promptly walked into the office at the university and was like, hi, how do I leave? <laughs> and then, of course, they're the like, exit. are you OK? Do we need to get like the therapist? What's wrong? I'm like, no, I just know that I'm not supposed. This is not for me. This is not where I'm supposed to be. But yeah, so I. It was basically a lot of friends yelling at me for quite a few years saying, why the hell are you not being a photographer? That doesn't make any sense. And people would reach out to me for years being like, hey, my friend's getting married. Would you mind taking their pictures? Heck no, I'm not taking their pictures. I've never (laughs) taken a wedding picture before. And I just I've always, always just had such, um, you know, reverence for for how big of a day that is. And I'm never, I was never going to walk into somebody's wedding and experiment on it. Mm-hmm. If I was going to take someone's wedding photos, I was going to know what I was doing. Um, 
But yeah, I don't, when, how did I make the leap? It was a friend of mine who's in the industry kind of took me under her wing and was like, you know what, if you want to learn, come with me, you can shadow me. Um, And she was so gracious and lovely in letting me build my portfolio Mm -hmm. off of the weddings that she booked. And I got to come along with her as a second shooter um, and got to build my portfolio that way. So when Steph wanted me to, Mm -hmm. I I know because Steph at the beginning when she wanted me to mentor her was adamant that she was going to pay me. And I was like, there is no way that you're paying me. Because, of course, also at that time, I thought I had nothing to offer her. So I was like, what are you going to pay? You can't pay me. I don't even think I'm going to teach you anything. Um, But, yeah, no money was never a thing. I just always, always wanted to pay forward that beautiful gift that had been given to me of somebody being to allow me to build my portfolio off of the work that she had worked so hard to build. Um, I just wanted to do that for Steph. It's a super special thing. And I know that I will do that in my, like, keep that. Yeah, right. Keep Pay it forward. Yeah, that keep way. that momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. Did the two of you talk at all about the mental or emotional aspect of being an artist and a creative? And I, and I ask that, again, recently transitioning out of this very predictable nine to five life. And I know just anecdotally what I'm going to come up against I don't know exactly how it's going to feel, but I almost want to say I've been warned. So a lot of mm. artists or entrepreneurs are absolutely passionate about what they do. They wouldn't change a thing. They would tell me it's absolutely worth the sacrifice. But don't be fooled into thinking that this is an easy road. The grass is greener. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I I appreciate any perspective you might share in that vein. Just as a helpful piece of advice or guidance or experience? Gosh, I don't know what I have to offer because I feel like I'm still navigating it every single day. Fair. Um, Definitely. Steph? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we were talking about this actually on the way out here. Yeah, I think it's something we talk about constantly. So yeah, I mean... Having fellow friends in the arts, I think, is the best thing. Yeah. Camaraderie. Yeah. Because it is, it's does it's not easier on this side of things than it is the other. You just need community in life. Is Definitely. it the ups and downs that makes it difficult or the inconsistency? Like what in your experience so far, Steph, has been the challenging part of pursuing this new new life, new job? Yeah, I think probably one of the most challenging parts was just getting over Aaron mentioned it before that imposter syndrome of um just knowing that it's okay to uh, get money for my for my work I think that mm. was one of the challenging uh because I'm somebody who oh sorry I'm hitting the mic here um yeah I just realizing that it's okay to, to know your worth and mm. to um, I think that monetary. Yeah, I think I've yelled at you a lot for that <laughs> over over the years. Yeah. yeah, it can just be a weird thing. Like I don't know if you have like any, um, uh, like opinion about that, Mike. That sometimes people ask you to do things, and I, I guess the the biggest thing. What I'm rambling here a bit, but what I've come to realize is that you have to be a full bodied yes in things Mm. um like a full heart full bodied like yes in something and also with that knowing knowing 
your worth. So if somebody asks me to do something that that, that isn't for, there isn't money attached to it, then I then I have to feel really good about it in my body. That does that make sense? That this yeah, is a, and, mm-hmm. well, and also just knowing when to say no. Yes, as well. Exactly. Like I, I get asked to do things all the time, mm-hmm. and just say oh, and I just kind of let them down nicely. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. We have a show coming up this weekend, and someone yesterday asked for us to learn a particular song for them. And okay. Really? <laughs> I, but I just said, "Oh, sorry, I we we don't have time to get together and learn it." And like, yeah, it was. Uh, if I could have learned it with the band on the spot, like it would be amazing because it would make their day, you know. But geez, we're all busy people, and sure. to to get everyone together, learn a song, and send it out to one person. I never even heard the song before. Like it. It's not really a reasonable request to be honest. No, and you make such a good point that it's it's okay to say no. It's yeah. more than okay to say no. That's yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you have to a lot. Yeah. And like that person probably didn't know the the work that would be needed to be put in to learn yes. a song and obviously I'm not going to say that to them. Like it's just yeah, oh, sorry, we don't, yeah. we don't have the time right now, but we'll dedicate uh, a couple songs out of the set to you. And yeah. They were super happy with that, but I think pe- people people don't often know what the work is that goes into what mm-hmm. artists create, and they ask for things mm-hmm. like, "Hey, will you come and play a, a a party at my cottage in the summer? I'll give you a case of beer." Right. Like, well, I usually charge two thousand dollars, <laughs> but that sounds great. Sure. <laughs> What still, kind it of confuses beer? me though, because nobody would ever ask their accountant to do their taxes for a case of beer. And yeah. I, I know not everyone can fully understand and appreciate the life of an artist, nor could we of our accountant. But why is there such a disconnect that this idea of exposure is so great in the arts, but everybody else is kind of like, well, what's your fee? And that's just well, the natural music, exchange that's made. One thing about the music industry is that... People not in the industry just think that musicians just want to have fun. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're, right. they're in, I'm in this to have fun, you know, like my life is a party. Right. Um, Cause when you go out on tour, like I've done a, did a tour before, like 30 dates across the country and you're playing every second night and you're friggin' exhausted and you want to mm-hmm. go to sleep. Yep. But all these people come out who, didn't see you in ages, like old friends and right. meet new people. And this is their one night to party in that month or two, or maybe six months, maybe even that whole year. And they are out and they want to buy you shots and they want to have <laughs> a good time. And every place you go, the same people are there, right? They, they want to have a good time with you and they think that's all you want to do. And at some point in your life, that is all you want to do. But as you get a little older and you're maybe a little wiser and trying to make more a career out of things, it's, it's really hard. Like, and I've talked to a lot of musicians and artists who out on tour, they just want to take it easy on a Thursday night, but then 10 of their old buddies from high school show up in Alberta and they're like, Oh shit, this isn't going to end how I thought it was. And 
Yeah. It's just because pe- people people love to have fun, obviously. Like that's just a, a part of life where mm-hmm. we try to find the moments that we can just let loose and have fun. And for for people going out to see a band, that's there, yeah, once once a month, once every six months. And for you, you're you're working, like you're selling merch you're doing your sound check you're on stage entertaining vocal like, warm-ups the whole yeah, yeah it's you're you're putting in a full day's work and a lot of people don't know know that they just think you show up snort a line of coke get on stage <laughs> and start performing and then are trying to find the after party afterwards <laughs> but but maybe if artists talk more about the process, right? Like, which is the beautiful thing about the podcast that you both are creating. If people are more aware of the work that goes into all these different mediums, yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah, the, thanks for for acknowledging that. It is part of the goal is yeah. just to shine a light on the behind the scenes, really. Yeah. And both of you, of course, this would be part of your day to day. And these photographs don't just happen in, you know, it's a click in that moment but there's aside from the editing and the communication and all of that we mike and i often talk about things right down to we're expected now to be business people as well Mm -hmm. we have to be our own accountant we have to be our own marketing firm um you're sourcing materials you're researching for good prices it's endless hours of work only for this one sort of fleeting image to be consumed on the other end. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'd love to dig into, like, what's a good kind of a a life in the day of? Well, and as you guys are talking, that was what I was going to touch on. I realized that that is, I think, one of my biggest learning things over the past several years of, of working for myself is creating boundaries for myself and being responsible to create those parameters Mm. for myself because no longer do I have somebody telling me you have to come in for this time and then you can leave at this time and I don't have somebody telling me I need this done x y and z by this it's all on me to make it um and certainly in a world of Instagram and instantaneous Mm. and everybody is walking around with their cell phones and can take a picture at any given moment I think that sometimes it is lost on people just how much work there is afterwards. Um, it's something as simple as it's very common um, in the photo- in the wedding industry to uh, do sneak peeks after a wedding, and you usually get sneak peeks a few days later. I truly do not understand how other photographers do that. I, it's beyond me the amount of stress to cull through those thousands of photos within a day or two of the wedding, and then somehow edit some of them and send them off it's beyond me so um i made myself sick with that the first little while and then i realized oh wait i'm the boss here Mm -hmm. i can say i don't do that and everybody will just have to deal with it yeah so i don't do that and it turns out it's fine fine. and everyone's okay with that um for sure because what one thing that you taught me when when looking at editing is that you're really telling a sto- a full story, mm-hmm. especially of a wedding day. And you could see that with your guys' session, the wedding yeah. session. You're telling, a f- it's a full arc. So it's important to see that through. And, and it, there's a lot of artistry that goes into being at your desk and 
really thinking about like what is the the vibe of this whole feeling it all out yeah, right? yeah. and it is for me about yeah and yeah. as I taught you telling a narrative yeah I want your storytelling I want you to be able to look through your gallery of whatever whether it's your wedding your engagement your boudoir photos whatever it be I want you to be able to look back through that and it almost be like a video mm-hmm. like you're totally transported back and you can smell you know his cologne and you can like feel how soft her skin was when you grabbed her hand like that's what I want it to be so it's just way too stressful for me to try and after the exhaustion of a full wedding day to then like somehow turn around and like present sneak peeks for the sake of what for the sake of having something quickly to post on Instagram um but then yeah also just um I struggled a lot with um with hours and understanding how much is too much to work and how little is too little to work and not really understanding like the beauty of working for yourself is that you can make your own hours and you can design your own life and your own schedule but sometimes that's also the pitfall because I always felt like I had to be producing. And if I wasn't producing, then I wasn't grateful for this position I've been given of getting to work for myself. And it's so hard to understand, like, when is it okay to just lay on the couch and watch, you know, Netflix? And when should I and when does that become I'm being lazy and I should be working? Um, So certainly within the past like year, I've had like a good wake up call. And I do kind of make, you know, they're still loose um, hours and schedules. For myself, but I had I had to do that, and I had like I don't look at my email before ten a.m. Mm. I, I just I, there's no way, and I don't look at my email on like the weekend or whatever I decide my weekend is going to be on a given week, depending on what my work is. But you're setting boundaries. But I'm setting boundaries. I mean, at one point, I an email would come through, and if I didn't answer it within the hour, I thought that the world was going to end, and they were going to move on to somebody else and forget about me. Um, that's just not sustainable. That's just not the way to live. But yeah, and there I is think, working at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but you brought <laughs> up a really good point of like creative people, and I've really learned this this year. Need breaks, and I read a beautiful book that changed my whole world. I don't know if you guys have heard of The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Yeah, we got yeah. a copy over there. Do you? Yeah, it's a, exceptional. It's exceptional. And the process of reading that book and 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 doing the morning pages, as Julia explains, like to journal um, every morning, just a stream of consciousness, just your thoughts. And it was in that writing in those three months that I realized that it's totally okay to have breaks and creative people, you, you, you need that because your, your brain is constantly sometimes firing all these ideas but sometimes the beauty can come when you are taking that break and and resting and yes yeah there's um that that's that's necessary to keep the to keep the how else do you get inspired if you're not like living your life and like enjoying your days and consuming film and listening to music and going for walks and yeah and it's too bad that those examples are perceived as just leisure or mm. or laziness even I'm not at making times because I'm when not I'm doing producing that. and that goes for everyone not mm-hmm. just artists that it's okay if you go for an hour or 2 hour or 8 hour walk with your headphones yeah. or if you go away for a week and do absolutely nothing or whatever that looks like to you but right. I, I it almost makes me sad to think that it feels so backwards the way that we have designed our society and our day to day and this 
40-hour work week mm. and the rigidness and anything other than that is non-productive. Mm. And it makes it so challenging to sort out what your day looks like. And I know that's something that I'm probably going to have to figure out a happy medium or a balance, especially coming from a decade of working this very rigid schedule. Exactly. It's, I'm trying to strike that balance of how do I feel today? What's my energy like? What yes. are you in the mood to create? Um, You're already I don't well on your way. want to just repeat what I've done except with painting. Mm -hmm. What's the point? Um, but I, I know it will take some practice and decision making, but I'm very well aware of this misconception about what could or should be important to us just as human beings, mm -hmm. artists aside. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to be a bit more of an advocate for that as well. Well, I would argue that it's not okay to go for the walk. It's necessary yes. to go for the walk. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and you're, it's, not, it's not about, oh, it's okay. I give myself permission to do this. I've, I literally have to. Otherwise, I am not a healthy, whole human being and can, and everything else then starts to fall apart around it if I'm not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mike, you have the most experience of the three of, yeah. of us all here with, being a full-time artist. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on? Well, I feel like I need moments to just disconnect completely because my mind is always looking for something. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking for something to capture. I'm looking for some emotion, something visually, whatever it may be, something that I can take and create something out of that I can then give to other people. And I do find it fairly hard to find the moments to, to separate and they have to be things that usually aren't creative, uh, like exercising mm. and doing, and I played basketball a lot growing up and for better, for worse, I was one of the only people in my community that played. So I played a lot just on my own, just mm -hmm. out in the court, taking shots. And it was almost meditative in a way. And you got into a flow state. Get into mm -hmm. a flow state. And I remember one time at my my court, I had this clay court in my uh, my yard. Me and my dad, we, we got a tiller, tilled the ground, <laughs> then we flattened it. And I played on it so much, it was basically like concrete, but it was this <laughs> red clay and every time I'd play, my clothes would just be uh, covered in red, red dirt. Oh. And that was every day. So, so my poor mother was, uh, <laughs> was washing red clay out of my clothes every day. But, um, but yeah, I, I would just go out there for, for hours of the day and get into that flow state. And honestly, did like some remarkable things just like in that state. Like I remember just not being able to miss at times and oh, just that's like, so cool like thinking or not even thinking but just afterwards like wait a second that was that was like over 100 shots in a row i just hit from that spot or whatever and i don't think i could ever do that like in any other circumstance like mm -hmm. where other people are around like you just cannot get into that zone but for me sports is something that just separates from that completely mm -hmm. and the nature um mm. and i still nature's tough because you see something beautiful I'm like oh my god that's beautiful and it creates this emotion oh <laughs> now i can capture the emotion in a song or whatever it may. <laughs> so it's it's uh just trying to be more mindful and just 
existing in the present without letting it go down my creative spiral of thoughts. <laughs> and for everyone, obviously, this is different. Like you find the things that work for you. Yes. And and yeah, I guess that's a really important part, just knowing what those things are for you. And and I, and I sometimes forget them too. Like, mm. I'm like, oh God, what, what am I going to do? I'm like, oh, wait a second. I should just go play basketball mm. for a couple hours by myself. And, and that's human nature, I think, yeah. right? We do forget the things that, that are so good for us sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like my husband, for example, uh, he loves doing breath work, like just yeah. loves doing breath work. And he always notices when he doesn't do breath work for a couple of weeks, just sets him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's if I don't do yoga nidra, yeah. if I... I'm. I can just feel my nervous system a little, a little off. So yeah. yeah, I think you're right that we all have these things that we know, kind of bring us back into our bodies and out of our heads. And it's just really remembering to do those. Yeah, do those and creating things. a practice mm-hmm. to to some degree, and the beauty of being um, independent artists is that we can create our own schedule, and. It does get demanding at times because because at times money can be harder to come by than the the typical nine to five. So you do have to put in more hours and more time to, to try to stay afloat. And then that's when you start to neglect those practices. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just all comes to a head. You're like, you're super busy. You're not doing the things you want. And it's all about finding that balance, I think. I'm going to come back to this podcast in the middle of wedding season as a reminder to myself (laughs) when I'm like losing my mind over like all of the things I need to get done. Just remind myself it's in key, Aaron, for you to close the laptop and get the heck outside. Whatever, whatever those things are for you. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Sometimes those more traditional, I'll call them, or common practices Mm -hmm. like sitting and doing a meditation or breath work and of course, they're effective and we benefit from them. But I also love separating by being at a loud rock concert mm-hmm. or like something that you can just be present in without really the goal of being present, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So mm-hmm. when you're sitting meditating, you know, OK, this is what I'm hoping to get out of this. Mm-hmm. But some of these more stimulating experiences, I actually find grounding. Mm-hmm. That makes total an outcome. Sense. So. Yeah, it's like when been, we were dancing at Mike's show, the for yeah, the album home. I don't think we sat down or went to the bathroom <laughs> once that night. We like, didn't. We were locked in on that. We dance were floor. in a flow state <laughs> yeah. on the dance yeah. floor. It was so magical, and I Ooh. think that during this pandemic, we <laughs> because there hasn't been a lot of connection with people as much. When you do get those opportunities, like that was the first time I had really danced, and same. I don't even know. And how, how rewarding is that to me to to get have those people in front of me yeah feeling that and you can see it on people's faces and that must be amazing it is yeah it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good yeah um uh, it's yeah having anytime people appreciate what you've created or what you're creating and it's probably the same as it's probably a little different but when you send someone a an album from from a photo shoot or something you and you get back that's and maybe it's through an email or a call or maybe you're there when you when you actually give it to them and you see the 
the light in their eyes and how mm. excited they are. And it just, it obviously makes you feel good to know that people are appreciating what, what you're doing and that you've, you've captured what they want to capture and, and they're feeling what you hope they would feel. And it's, it's a l- probably a little bit more different on stage because it's in the moment and you're kind of working together. Like it's, we're feeding off the crowd. They're feeding off us. It's, uh, it's like that during the shoot though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely creating that same kind of like symbiotic yeah, kind of, we're all working together. We're all creating this beautiful thing together yeah. because that's what the crowd is creating with you too. Right. Yeah. We all feed off each other's energy. Yeah. And Ooh. that's like, that's, probably my favorite thing about playing music is having those crowds who who react in that way like that's that's what you live for and mm-hmm. we've thought in, an, in another podcast I'd mentioned that I didn't I didn't have a like a particular goal venue to play or like a particular spot in mind like oh this would mean I made it because you can be playing for five people and the feeling you get from mm-hmm. those five people could be the same if there was 50,000 people in front of you. Yes. Because when you're locked in like that, it's, it's special and doesn't happen every show, probably doesn't happen every photo shoot mm-hmm. or every time you live paint, whatever it may be. Yeah. But when, when that moment does happen and there's an energy mm-hmm. that you can truly feel. And I remember playing uh, the Shore Club last year. We oh had, my gosh. You, you did those awesome photos for us there. <laughs> and uh, what a spot. It was just, it was still in the heart of the pandemic and people hadn't really gotten out in whatever, a year and a half. And they weren't allowed out of their seats, but there was this tangible energy in the mm. room. And I remember afterwards talking to Matt, Matt Mays was headlining, we were opening and saying like, that's a real thing. eh? Like Mm. that energy is tangible. Like Mm. you could feel that. Right. And he's like, oh yeah. Like there was, there was something there tonight. Like, and we did five nights or whatever it was. And every night's a little bit different. Some nights they're all great, but there's Mm -hmm. some nights are for whatever reason, like even if you had your eyes closed, you could feel it's like it's uh, there's different that, people in the room. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me yeah emotional because that's what it's about that human connection. And it, it right? sounds yeah. it sounds a little woo woo saying no. that, no. but it, that's I'm not someone who prescribes that kind of stuff really at all. But but you could seriously feel that. Oh yeah, and I I get my whole career different times like when people are truly engaged mm-hmm. in what you're doing. And you're giving them everything you truly can, then you, you feel it, they feel it. And then that creates something that I don't know. And they're, they're offering that to one another too. Like the audience was feeding off of each other, which makes it like, you could feel it just climbing like this heightened Uh. energy that like, I know the night you're talking about, I, I was there and it really, it's something we'll never forget. Like that's what you you live for, and we're so lucky as creative people that we get the opportunity to be part of these communities. Yeah. Like that's, that's that's one so of my true, favorite Kristen. things. And even teaching yoga is another extension of that. In that, 
it's not because you have a room full of people. Like you were saying, you could have 50,000 people and it not feel the same as the five people. But you know when you've brought people together and there's chemistry and you've created something. I mean, really, even just the four of us, mm. we haven't spent a lot of time together. No. But it is like sparks fly yeah. when the yeah. four of us are in the room it together. And you just, for yeah, sure. you just, you, you know it. And that to me is what the honor of being the outcast as a kid, I now realize is this unique gift that I have been blessed to have. So this is what I hope we all get to run with and explore. It's so true. And I know from a personal experience, uh, my daughter Molly is only two and a half, but we found out in the last year that she's autistic. And I think I've told Mike and Aaron knows that she responds to music in such a way that's yeah. it's so beautiful. And when she's singing or dancing or listening to music, it's the most cathartic. Mm. Sometimes I feel like it's the only way she feels like truly at peace. And I don't know what's going to uh, transpire as she gets older, but that energy that she feels when she listens to music is just, it's, um, it's just, it's so, it's so special. So when you talk about the energy, I can't communicate with her the way that maybe I'll never be able to communicate through words totally, but through yeah. music and through seeing her body shake with excitement at a song, like it is, uh, you just can't, you can't deny that energy is powerful. And right. The power of music is, it's been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Like we were beating drums mm -hmm. before we could talk or right? like there's mm -hmm. just, something in music that is completely primal mm -hmm. and in our every strand of dna and uh, she's reacting to that mm -hmm. like that's it doesn't have to have words it just has to have that that essence of what's what carried mankind for mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of years and it's truly, truly in her, and she's able to react to that in a beautiful way. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really caused me to to really slow down yeah. and appreciate those those moments. And I, when she was diagnosed, the doctor uh, said to Sean, and I couldn't be there because of the pandemic. Only Sean was there, but yeah. he, uh, she said to Sean, "Be careful where you spend your energy." That was the mm. the one thing the doctor said, like, just be really careful where you spend your energy. And that has stuck with me so much because sometimes in this life, we spend way too much time worrying about the little things that, you know, putting so much energy into things that don't really matter. And I think with being an artist and a creative person, sometimes we really hone in on more sometimes than others, maybe of, of that energy of what really matters and I don't know if that makes sense. It's, but. it's well, so simple. Yeah, now. it's so simple, so pointed. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, a good message to wrap up with with yeah, our audience. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Be careful where you spend your energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has been amazing, ladies. Aw, mm. thank you for having us. I'm oh, hugging you from across. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll do a real hug in <laughs> oh, a second. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> it's coming again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always an honor to have you in our presence. Oh. I know it will be a, a lifelong friendship. And thank you for your honesty and sharing your stories and your tips and your emotions. It, it means so much. And I know folks will resonate with your, your truth. 
Well, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for yes. thinking I had something to say. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> you. Hey, you. cry now. <laughs> <laughs>